0: Let's go, little life out here. What the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun.
1: Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Steve. Daryl, it's been a while. I've kind of forgot how to podcast. If if oh, hi Steve. Oh, hi Daryl.
0: Yeah, same. Although, do you like my new mic setup? Oh, I think you, you might yeah. recognise it. You might recognise it. Recogn- Mike. Yeah. Recognize do you it? like my scrunchy sponge muncher?
1: Yeah, do you see? Look, I got an upgrade of uh, materials and then that meant that you got an upgrade of said materials. Um, but look, yeah, I think yeah. we have the to... The
0: hand-me-downs... Hang on a minute. The hand-me-downs yeah. are working the wrong way, though. I'm the oldest one.
1: For years, for years, I was in corduroy's. Corduroy's with the holes in them from you. But now, finally, you get my hand-me-downs. Yeah. Yeah um, but oh,
0: hang know. on. Hang on, hang on. What's that on your hand? What's that on your hand? Oh. Show us your hand. Oh my god, it's a wedding ring.
1: I can't get it off. Right, what we need to do is is we need to um So first of all, we're back, right? Like when you come back yeah. from a business trip, Daryl, it's the same. We're back with a bang.
0: Hey yo! yo. It's not true. V D. Um I don't think you can just say that when do we need to have a discussion about that? Does anyone call it V D anymore? What's VD? VD? The clap. The clap? Yeah. Well done. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, Amazing. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it died when, when Joey was diagnosed. But anyway, come here. Um, yeah. We have to explain the absence right the yeah, absence on, one. was is that i went i went and do the thing oh. and i got married right so i got married you were best man you knocked it out of the park with the best man's speech it was awesome the bride's father John's dad got up he knocked it dead and i it was okay got up The thing is when you do a podcast for 50 minutes like if i've done 50 minute podcasts on my own um it's you know handling your mic baby <laughs> it's just like yeah. oh i got some stories to tell Sit down and be my captive audience. But yeah, so look, I've been doing this now what the podcasting thing for the years keep notching on. Eight, nine years, maybe? Six years? Seven years? Maybe? I was was just, because I saw that, I I think the Facebook memories thing comes up, but I've been on the radio now for eight years, which is insane. So I'm pretty sure I was doing the podcast before the radio. So it's probably about eight or nine years. And I know I said this before, but this is the longest hiatus ever. And it was for the wedding, right? And then we went on the honeymoon and I won't lie there, right? is I took the laptop and the mic and all the gear on the honeymoon and when I was unpacking it in the apartment, she was kind of looking at me as if to say, like, divorce papers. Now, the thing is, look, look, is that uh, I got married, right? It's a once-off, you would think, but stats-wise... statistically twice. Yeah. So there might be another four-week break. How long does it last? Six years? (laughs) About six years. I don't know.
0: Seven-year itch? But you're together since 1877, so you've already done your itchy bits. <laughs> Feedy. Yeah.
1: Feedy. I love the fact that. Well done. Uh, every time I clap no, that's what that means. By the way, audience, that's a new thing. That's a new bit. we we'll just adding in there now. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, Stephen's got the clap. Le- leave your bits in. So yeah, and then I went on the honeymoon, and on the honeymoon, I got. I was going to say the clap. I didn't. I got. Sh- <laughs> I got shingles, <laughs> Daryl. Shingles.
0: That's stress-induced, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a stressful thing to get marriage.
1: Well, I had more attributed to the midnight finishes and work for four months before that. But uh, that's when hey the doctor yo. was like, oh, so, you know, any uh, reason your immune system should be down? I was like, maybe.
0: Um, but anyway. Yeah, I have a few. I have a, I have a few, few ideas, doc.
1: Yeah. I can't get the ring off, man. So, yeah, look, it's, so listen,
0: uh, it's a great though. When you're being married now, what I know is great is that you don't need to worry about thinking for yourself anymore because your life is now planned out. <laughs> Do you know so what's happening more. You know what you're doing when you wake up in the morning. You go, what are we doing today, dear?
1: now do you know what though it's weird do you know what's happened more is that lately she started to actually tell me like she's trying to almost prove me wrong is that a thing is that a married thing because you know she's kind of oh, like because yeah. you know what she says to you the other day actually it was that it was this morning Um, she goes oh yeah because I descaled the coffee machine the espresso machine and we, we oh. all live by coffee right so I descaled that with the little uh, mm. poisonous liquid right Um, and I did the cycle and you press the thing and the thing's flash, and you press the button and it filters it out. People are, look, we might have left the podcast for a few weeks but we're back in actual podcast pre-season form here with five minutes Mm. on the clock. So I descaled it and she had a really lovely cup of coffee and she said so. But she says to me, "Uh, do you know uh, when you descale the coffee machine? I said, yeah. Thinking she'd go, it's a bloody great cup of coffee. But she goes, yeah, you never took it out of uh, descaling mode. I was like, why? Why would you? Why? Why and that's oh. the thing. And she was aw- she's away today, so I said to her, "Look, since you're going to be away for a couple of hours, you want to just tell me all the stuff that I've done wrong, you know, in one batch, so that I have it to live by while
0: you're away." Is
1: that a married thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of things you're going to find are married things, and none of them are good.
1: <laughs> I remember going. I played five. A I'm a ten. Track.
0: I'm a ten year veteran, and I'm almost mm-hmm. uh, not a beginner anymore.
1: Almost, yeah. She learned. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're institutionalized now because you were saying when she was away, you were like instead of doing bachelor stuff like you used to do i remember walking into your apartment when you were in college you would literally have no pants on a jersey and i think you had a pint of guinness maybe either in a bowl or a wine glass
0: yeah it's probably sure. a wine look it was probably plastic i have no idea th- is that th- look all i know is i went out in college with some of my mates on a friday and then woke up with a wife and three kids i have no idea how hmm. it happened yeah i love it's you a- wife
1: and sounds, it. sounds like a good time. Come here. We're going to instead Stop. of reacting to my um, shingles, which everyone keeps telling me is far worse than what I actually got. Which meant, do you know what? I would have done the man thing if I knew I had shingles. I would have played it up, but I thought it was heat rash first, and then I thought I got bruised ribs from the kids coming down the slides in the aqua park. Um, so had I known, I could have definitely milked that way more than I did. But anyway, vd vd uh, fifty three man roster prediction. Daryl, um, do you know what? There do was you wanna, a cup.
0: We'll
1: there we go, <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny, right? Because we were going to do this podcast earlier, but when the fifty-three man roster comes out and they don't have the practice squad solidified, you know yeah. that there's some names there, and all the players that are bless them are coming out, gone. You know, God is good. Can't believe I made it. Here we go, of my journey. And you're like, going, just give
0: it a couple. Of yeah, because oh, it's oh, just like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that yet. Yeah. I say that yes. Abernathy you're not yeah. going to think... bye
1: bye yeah. now bye the thing bye. is look Abernathy is, is the example there right so what we would have done was is we would have got on we would have done our 53 roster prediction we would have talked about Abernathy the storylines right he's been there 20 days he you know hits the ground run on preseasons, amazing he makes the 53 man roster over other people it's incredible and then they sign Rudy and then, Rudy yeah, and then they dump him out now yeah. we ended up on the practice squad and we don't want to get spoiler alert but it's that type of thing so you end up wasting all of your air on these feel good stories um, and it didn't happen, but here's the talking points, if I may. Go can on. I? Talking yeah. points: uh, Jawan Winfrey is got let go. He's back in the practice squad, but uh, Samori Torre is there. That's talking point. Two running backs is yep. a talking point, but there's a very good reason for that. Um, all draft picks were kept, so I think what yeah. we can say yes. there, scientifically, Daryl, is is that the Packers have won the preseason and the draft, and all of these players will be in the Hall of Fame in no time. That's a fact. That's Facts. a fact. Um, and then p- players don't, don't are look, very don't look those up though don't, don't, look, don't look no look don't, don't go look at don't the stats beyond that uh, players uh, another thing that sort of came out was that players are very rarely plucked off waivers so All of this Mm. stuff, like, because again, we could have got on slightly before the uh, 53-man roster was solidified. And it was all this talk about, oh, you know, did I risk cutting this guy and putting him on the, and then trying to sign him back to the practice. Will he clear waivers? And it sort of came out like, yes, everyone always clears waivers, mostly, all the time. The only time that it didn't happen in Packers history was when, uh, I say Packers history, I mean recent Packers history, was when Taysom Hill... Um, was snapped oh, up yeah. and he went to the Saints and yeah. he became, Daryl, we all know this, he became the greatest player of our generation and it's a shame that yeah, we didn't keep yeah. him because he's better than, he was like, if you got Aaron Rodgers and the majesty of Jordan Love and pff, smushed them together, <laughs> that's what he would have been like, Taysom Hill, right? I'm so glad we stopped talking about that. So, they are the talking points. Daryl, I suppose, look, let's talk about quarterback and running back, if you will. Who made it? Who got caught, ended up in the practice squad? Uh, two running backs is the talking point here, really, but are is yeah, it really, it a is.
0: Point? Is it really. Yeah, a kind point? of. Well, look, the internet is aflame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but intended. Yeah, look, the, the thing about the running back situation is when I first saw it, I I won't lie, I was jarred as well. I was like, Jesus, only mm. keeping on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. At the time, they'd cut Patrick Taylor, who'd been around a while. Um, Dexter Williams was gone, Tyler Goodson. Kylan Hill is on the PUP list. Yeah, yeah. So to sort of explain it then, the new rules around the practice squad, as in how many players you can have there, how many times you can activate them for game day, um, it kind of means that the Packers can get away with one in the sense that they can have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And here's what everybody's saying, is that Amari Rodgers is that third back. Um, Sounds great on paper, but Amari Rodgers was massively underwhelming last year. No offense to the guy, he's a rookie for God's sake. But just the fact that they're going... Yeah, plug him in. But then, in a way, I understand it, Daryl, because if you lose Aaron Jones or AJ Big Giant Ars Dylan, right, is that you're like you're massively handicapped in that yep. standpoint? Then because it doesn't matter who you throw in, you can have Patrick Taylor, who's been around for ages, um, who ended up making the practice squad. You can have Tyler Goodson, who showed flashes in preseason. But let's not kid ourselves here. We found Aaron Jones behind. Uh, Ty Montgomery and behind Jamal Williams. But that doesn't usually happen yeah. here, Daryl. And the thing is... No, that's true. But look at our wide receivers, right? Everyone's talking about, oh, look, you know, we've lost Devontae, we're screwed, and there's an element of uncertainty there. Um, and we're depending on Aaron Jones to catch catches from the backfield. We want our running game to be... To, well, we need people to respect it because if they don't, they'll just key in on our wide receivers who are probably a bit green and naive in places or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Now, there's an argument there as well with Alan Lazard and blah, blah, blah. But... You definitely need a running game. And if we don't have the running game there, we're kind of screwed anyway, um, in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings me to, you know, the, the NFL, on The Athletic, they did the projections of how many, te- how many games we're going to win. And they came out with the beautiful figure of 11.4. Amazing. Um, <laughs> can you not just round it down? Like, I mean, well, they 1.4 of that game. Yeah. Uh, but like 11. So what do we win? 13 over the last two seasons? Yeah. They're, you know, they're projecting it down slightly. I mean, I'd take, I, I'd say I'm going to go with 12 wins this season. And if we can do that... But that is all predicated on the fact that everyone imagines that our running game is going to be not as good because we're missing the one we can't mention his name anymore. Even though I did pick him for my uh, fantasy NFL, oh, the old so Devonte.
1: Devonte, you must be looking at uh, Derek Carr like that Hall of Famer then, if you think Devontae's is going to get the ball yeah. as much.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, he ain't going to touch no ball. Look, you can't, you can't catch it if it isn't thrown to you. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, look. It, I mean, I'm worried about it, but I get the weird logic, and also with the practice rules now, it's two, but it's really three. And does it matter if you know? If it doesn't matter that they've only named two, no, because as you say, if we lose Jonesy or Dylan, we've got bigger problems about than getting another one in. Um, what do you think about Romeo Dubs? Dubes. Ooh, Romeo Dubes. Dubs, Romeo
1: Dubs, uh, amazing,
0: yeah, and like it's good to raise him here because he is that kind of um,
1: pre snap movement, small, short, yeah. shifty slot kind of guy who's proven that he can do it on the outskirts as well so the thing is and yeah. that's the whole point here I guess is that with running back and wide receiver the same as way we saw it with the same as ways as we saw it with the defense where they go 3-4-4-3 their base is different they bring the nickel and dime packages in the thing is it's very fluid and you'd imagine that that's mm-hmm. what the Packers yeah. are doing here when we saw Devontae out you know the amount of you know they won 7 games out of 7 and he's not they didn't need him like lol right so the thing is it's going to be very experimental but there was a great article that came out uh, that we retweeted from the group account about the philosophy behind Matt LaFleur and how he gets along with his players and how he challenges Rodgers and the 2 and go after it and they respect each other and all this kind of stuff so it's going to be yards by committee if you will because we know yeah. they, they said it that the 80-90% of the playbook was, was designed around Devontae Adams why wouldn't you if you had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and now that he's gone they're going to have to spread it around a bit more but like you said look they have the top two. It doesn't matter who the third one is. They're going to elevate somebody yep. um, in that instance if they feel that they need it with the likes of Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson. So if one or two go down, you know, it doesn't really matter. And look, they've one of the best one-two punches in the NFL with Jones and Dylan, Two different styles yep. of running there as well. And the thing is, how brilliant is this every year that we have to put up with, right? Quarterback, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, Jordan Love, first round pick. We all know the stories. Uh, Darry, uh, Danny Eckling, um, isn't it funny that it doesn't matter. You can literally just get like third string quarterback, right? Insert his name into a tweet or an article or whatever and say X quarterback shows that he's better than Jordan Love. Lol, right? And that's what's come out about Danny Etling as yeah. well. Um, And I would say is that don't be fooled by the fact that Jordan Love, and I'm not, to, look, I'm not a Jordan Love homer, but I do like to give the guys some space and some slack and understand the stuff behind it. But what I would say is, is that defense plays more in the preseason Uh, than offense obviously because you want to get the fundamentals down and because of the collective bargaining agreement and the rules around when you can and cannot do padded practice and how you can't bring that into and the time you have now to actually practice you need to blood your defenders out there um, to try to get them used to that contact and to build up that sort of toughness and that's what Jordan Love would have been facing by the time you put Danny Ettling in uh, you know those defensive players are not really going to be out there, so it's yeah, right. that thing to look at as well. But not taking away from from Danny Etling, but it's a non-story, there, right?
0: I actually think, and let's let's touch on it now. Then um, I think you're right. And the preseason, what do you learn from the preseason? Not an awful lot. Um, people that read into the preseason, you know, I just, I, I, I mean, especially so we lose to the Forty ers we win against the Saints, we lose to the Chiefs. Like let's face it, the Packers and the Chiefs is probably still a Super Bowl lineup. You know they're going to play. That's what we'd all hope for in the end. Are they going to show anything of what they're actually capable of when they play each other in a preseason? No. No. Um. So you know what do you learn? I mean, you know, I've read so many articles now about you know here's what we got. Look at the seven stars of the preseason, but it really tells you is very little. Like very little. Like Jordan Love, people read into it and go, oh, you know he's he's showing flashes, and you're going, yeah, well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you do, it, the thing is, is, is it means everything and nothing. You have to look into it and go, yeah. okay, he's showing yeah. accuracy, he's not like, up against this. But when you looked at the pre-season, Darrell, then was there any players that, that did catch your eye and you thought, okay, I'd be excited to see a little bit more of him?
0: Yeah, because, look, I'll tell you what, what yeah. definitely struck at me is Josh Myers, like, yeah. excellent. Hmm. It, it, they always say, they, they talk about this, they talk about the second year bump, you know, so we, it's almost because he was underwhelming and now all of a sudden you go, hang a minute. He's actually really good. Yeah. I thought Romeo Dubs was brilliant. Uh yeah. no, it wasn't all. It wasn't all great, but you sometimes you know that it just doesn't click for them, but when it does slightly and they and they just show these flashes of brilliance, and if he can be consistent, I think he's gonna be great. Mm. Um Chris Barnes, dependable, quite good. I mean he's not gonna start though, is he? I mean you've gonna have Devondre, you're gonna have Key yeah, Walker. He's I mean, rotational, you know, yeah, they'll be number bit- three. He- yeah,
1: he'll see see the field of course Because look, he's always there He was one of these players like KB and Ento Who you just yeah. saw his name And you're like going, Okay, he's a good yeah. player oh, dependable." he's not a yeah, superstar
0: yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, well Mason Crosby now I think we need to talk about as well uh, Is he going to start week one? Who knows? He's six weeks in after uh, But I think we probably Do we need to talk about special teams? Because let's face it If we don't see an improvement there Oh, we're you
1: know. screwed now, not scru- I mean, I'm very dramatic, right? I'm just back from my wedding yeah. I'm very dr- Everything is, is a big adventure <laughs> for me now but no, let's, uh, you know what, and special teams in every article you read is always left there on the bottom. Now, a Packers yeah. fandom, uh, we all know Mo Drayton and we know mm. Meninga and um, Ron Zuck and all these, you know, lads who've come and gone and failed. We've seen McCarthy give over the play calling to Dom, uh, Tom Clements to go yeah. look after special teams. It's it's a tradition. Now, as long as cheese, curd, spotted cow and bad special teams is a tradition. But Daryl, the stakes are really, really high and they're really high because as we run down through these names for special teams and that's and I know we started with Mason Crosby And that is a concern, but apparently, I don't think they've even announced it yet, but Ramiz Ahmed is coming back um, to the practice squad. So if they need to elevate him, they will. Um, Because had they put Mason Crosby on PUP, he would not have been able to practice or to come into the games for four weeks. And that's a problem because you cannot understate the knowledge, the the experience and just Mason Crosby. He needs no introduction, really. But just to remind people, he's the top point score in Packers history the Packers mm-hmm. were set up in 1919 this guy has scored more points than anybody ever and you've seen the likes of what Brett Favre how long he's been there right so Mason Crosby yeah. is super dependable he'd won Yip's year they bring in Pat O'Donnell Daryl who's you know yeah. from Ireland he's born Ireland um, absolutely and uh, Jack O'Coco maybe not. Um, maybe not so Jack Coco, they brought him in but they basically cut every other long snapper and so he was the only one left yeah. and I love the way they said they made him earn his job it's like you know, like... Yeah, really, really? He really? Now, I understand if he was rubbish. And I understand as well that what Goody has a fan yeah. of doing is literally cutting everybody apart from the kicker and just getting new people in. We saw that with punters in the past and we saw uh, Jake Shum, uh, the the mm. bodybuilder, come in. But look, special teams <laughs> is that, you know, when we run down through, so say, uh, cornerbacks, we see Keyshawn Nixon in there. And Keyshawn Nixon worked with Rich Pisaccia, uh in... Mm. I'm going to say Oakland. I should really just say the Raiders. So we saw him come in. We saw Ty Summers get cut. Now, Ty Summers was a surprise um, at linebacker because he was one of the top tacklers over the last couple of years on special teams. So the fact that they cut him, and not only cut him, there, they cut him early and let him go at linebacker. You knew that, okay, there's there's massively a change of guard here. And then when we look at safeties as well, um, and we see... Uh, Dalian Levitt come in. Uh, they got Rudy Ford, who they called you know one of the best, uh, most accomplished gunners in the game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And then Terry Carpenter's in there as well at safety. There, there's yeah. there's now players on the roster uh, that are pure special teamers almost. Like Rudy Ford, it, like he's a safety. He's not going to come yeah. in. I don't think playing safety unless something really bad happens. Dalian Levitt is the yeah. same. And even Dalian Levitt apparently was going in and explaining to the other players in practice, like how you play Basachis system. But Daryl speaking a preseason um and again the excuse is is that look we were just fielding everybody to see exactly what we had and who could play special teams but are special teams was absolutely pants during the preseason yeah. and the stakes couldn't be higher you cannot have 10 men on the field when it comes to special teams come the regular season or it's a massive indictment about the fact that they just don't have their stuff they, together they just don't
0: know what they're doing yeah they haven't mm-hmm. a clue and we can't do see your pants stuff like they need to fix this because we're going to raise we're going to zoom in on this like if you if you think of Everyone's worried every point is going to count now. You can't have a special team that's going to leave points out on the field because we're going to need them.
1: Yeah, well, it's field position, you know? It's like when McCarthy went through his last year and everyone was banging on about it, and Mason Crosby, when he had that yips year, uh, Mm. you know, the podcast now many moons ago, talking about Mason Crosby and the distances he was asked to kick from. So whatever about him having the yips, and he definitely did sort of, you know, falter there for a while, but the amount of 50 plus, 45 plus yard field goals were making this guy take in all conditions was unbelievable yeah. because the field position was awful uh, because special teams would back us up into our own end zone we wouldn't get very far and if we did we only scraped into barely field goal and then we are trying to kick stuff because we couldn't get it moving we couldn't get separation and the rest is history but the thing is is that a, a good insight as well and uh, we got contacted by uh, Rob Hogan who sent me a text just saying that he got that Pat Kerr one book that we were talking about but a really fascinating oh, yeah. insight yeah, yeah. into special teams is, is that one of the practices that they do is, is that on special teams you need to know who is ahead of you on the depth chart and if they get injured during the game and you don't see them you need to be aware of where they are at all times so that if they're not in the game that you it is then your turn to go in and different things depending on where you are in the field and all that kind of stuff they shift and change so what they will do during practice is, is that they'll get you into a conference centre and they they'll say, okay, the first team, special team stand up, they'll stand up and then they'll say, okay, you got injured and they get, get a guy to sit down and his next in line needs to know who he is and he needs to stand up to replace yeah. him and that's the problem when you see these 10 men on the field stuff, it's because one of those backup players doesn't know his assignment, he doesn't know that that guy's injured, he hasn't been paying attention enough or he's confused and he doesn't come out onto the field and then that's how you have those yeah. brain fart moments so it's very important yeah. that they follow all of that but there are like goodies after coming out because look, we saw Rich Bisaccia come in. And everyone thought like here's a guy who here's a guy uh, who was up for i think he was in the coach of the year nominations when he took over from john gruden because of the work that he did with the raiders after uh-huh. he got uh unceremoniously let go and he comes back on the special teams a he's coming on to special teams and his reputation two he's supposed to be a badass and you can read between the lines that okay well finally they're taking special teams seriously but you could say this guy was looking for a job he likes what they're doing with the Packers. It's potentially a championship team, so he's going to go there. So you kind of think, okay, they're taking it seriously, but they just had Rich Passaccia come available and willing to accept the job at the right time. But now, Gudekunst is after stepping up. He's after getting guys in uh, like Dallin Levitt, like Rudy Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We saw Abernathy get released and then subsequently signed back onto the practice squad. So all's good that ends well but Daryl then Gudekunds got up on the on the mic and said special teams is a massive focus and we definitely need to improve there so it's like that um, it's like the accountability thing where if you stand up and say I'm going to do a podcast every week and you don't there's people out there in the public now that are going to hold you accountable because that was your goal
0: yep yep no I completely agree and people are going to be razor focused on this I think purely because I think everyone's Nervous about having no Devante, and we're kind of thinking, well, field position is going to be even more important than it was before because you don't have that partnership up front anymore. But it remains to be seen. But I do, I definitely. I mean, let's face it, can it get worse? I don't think so. So, (laughs) I mean, just logically speaking, you're going to think it's going to get better no matter what, right? But that's the thing, and I think that's what we fall into every time because you know we were looking at Mo Drayton,
1: and we were like, oh, like you're the poor guy. He was, you know, every time he was saying, I just don't understand what's going on. You think every week's going to be different, but then it was just one. Manky yeah. thing after another.
0: Catastrophe from another, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But like right what you say, I mean like look, it's the it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Alan Lazard and it's Sammy Watkins and yeah. they're talking him. We still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and you know, but you do worry that if the yards are hard to come by, um that field position is what it's all gonna come down to. You need directional punting, you need to actually cover up and not give away these touchdowns and just these ludicrous returns. Um, but look, we we've talked about it enough, I guess. The the wide receiver to you, Daryl Any surprises there for you at
0: wide receiver? Uh, no, I'm actually excited about it. Like, mm. I when I look along the list of wide receivers, I mean, you can you, you name them. They're like, look at Lazard, Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Dobes. Mari uh, Murray Rogers is the only one. Again, you know, he's he's the chink in the armor. But I get it. I get why he's there. Um. He, he's a rookie. What more can you expect? But I mean, I'm pretty excited about that lineup. I think it mm. looks pretty solid. It doesn't, in a way, they've complemented it really well. Um, it remains to be seen, though. I mean, Lazard and Cobb, they're gonna do it right. Christian Watson, what do you think of him? I mean, he's gonna do it right.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, uh, you know, Amari Rogers coming back on his sophomore year needs to impress. There's reports yeah. of him impressing. He needs to be that return guy. He's going to be the pre-snap guy. The interesting one, of course, that everyone was talking about was uh, Samori Torre. They were saying Jawan Winfrey. Now, that was a big story to me as well. I was thinking, that's risky because Samori Torre... uh, Because what there's... Here's the trope, right? Samori Torre has a higher ceiling. Jawan Winfrey's been in the offense for long enough now and he hasn't broke out or done what he's supposed to do. Although Jawan Winfrey is that big-bodied guy. He's kind of... He fits into that Gutekunst mould. And it was more surprising there when this was initially announced, because I thought Jawan Winfrey, with his experience, yeah, could get... Yeah, I thought picked he was up. a lock, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I thought he could get picked up by... But so did everybody. I mean, you looked at the... I was listening to all of these, you know, pre-predictions and stuff, and everyone sort of thought, for that sane, rational reason that Jawan Winfrey has more experience, Samar Torre is exciting, but you think that they would try to get him on the practice squad. But obviously, they saw something in him, and he flashed enough in preseason that they thought maybe he might go if they if they kicked him on to waivers. Now, that said, he could still go. Uh, you know, you look yeah, at him I and you like he could yeah, elevate. yeah, yeah. Um, But look, Jawan Winfrey, they got him back in the practice squad and Travis Fulham, they got him as well. There was a lot of fanfare when he came into Green Bay. But like you said, no real surprises. Alan Lazard, between Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins, you're talking about, you know, the X and the Y, who's wide receiver yeah. number one by yeah, experience, yeah. Sammy Watkins, but based on his injury history, you, you really don't know. But he's, again, like uh, Devondre, Campbell, he's talking about Daryl Destiny, which yeah, sounds yeah. a bit yeah, smush. yeah It does sound like a bit of a trope. Yeah, it
0: does sound it. a bit of a trope, but still,
1: yeah, whatever sort of puts petrol in your engine. Um, yeah,
0: well, I mean, let's so let's go back let's go back a small bit now. we said earlier the preseason, as a spectator, the preseason games don't mean anything to us. Like you can't really people do read into it right but I don't think it can tell you an awful lot but the people who definitely get something from the preseason is the coaches the coaching staff so you look at Samoria he's obviously done something and again this is we're talking practice here we're not even talking the preseason games but obviously that's where they're pulling up their stats from so they would see something it's one of those things of I think we need to go back to you know maybe maybe the coaches know what they're looking at maybe they know what they're doing you know so let's yeah. uh let's they obviously as you say they saw something there
1: Yeah, and look, there's another player speaking of that that completely fits the mould in Tyler Davis at tight end. Here's a Mm, a guy where I just can't understand. I just don't understand the hate. Um, Now, I get it. Look, people don't understand. Like, for instance, uh, you know, Josh Nishman and uh, KB which who since got released. I'm not saying I'm bad about those players at all. I just didn't see them enough to know why the coaching staff would keep them around. And I was sort of, you know, it's like Joanne Winfrey as well. You know, didn't really understand it when you looked at Taylor running back and stuff. I heard glowing stuff, but you don't get to see an awful lot on game time. Yeah, Not yeah. from his fault, yeah. but just because. So Tyler Davis was another one. But like, so look, we've got Bobby Tanyan, uh, which is a lock, obviously. Mercedes Lewis, still going, grandpa. Uh, Josiah De Guara, uh, Daryl. Josiah yeah. De Guara, like, you know, we knew we had the injuries and he's going to be asked to play a certain part. And we know that the Lafleur offense is based on the run but we also know that they said that a full-back could find its way onto the roster when LeFleur first came in because that's the type of scheme that he would run. But it seems like yeah. he's replaced the fullback with the tight end. as that big body that's going to block at the line. Josiah Daguire there, we haven't seen his name flash a lot, have we?
0: No, no, we haven't. But as you just said, I mean, is he not a LeFleur type player? You know, yeah. is, is that's, that he's got a job to do and that's when he'll be called to do it. He's very... But yeah, so back to the, the hate on Tyler Davis... The main problem with him is he's got two surnames. That's that's probably <laughs> the biggest problem. Well, look,
1: I mean, we have to talk about these things. Um, yeah, look, Tyler <laughs> Davis. He, look, we all know tight ends is it's almost like catching comes second. Bobby Tonyan yeah. is the guy who's gonna catch him. Mercedes Lewis yeah. is block first, catch next. Josiah Aguara is that sort of in between that we haven't seen flash yet. Also, didn't help in the, he he suffers from Jordan Loveitis in the sense that he was drafted high. Um, you know relative to his worth I guess in the team yeah. or deemed worth so you know people are like what's going on here but look Tyler Davis uh, the Packers like him uh, he plays special teams and that's another reason why he's around and that yes. sort of yeah, will exactly. follow yeah. on as we go down uh, offensive linemen we have David Bakhtiari Elton Jenkins just sort of that injury history that's hanging over them uh, Josh Myers uh, John Runyon Royce Newman uh, Josh Nishman Jake Hansen a lot of names Zach Tom Sean Ryan and Rashid Walker, and to everybody out there there are Rashid Walker making it, and then we saw Caleb yeah. Jones yeah. uh get released. We're sort of thinking like you know that might maybe a bit of a shock because Rashid Walker, you know, did he flash in the preseason? was it enough? Was it a better over what the reporters are saying over Jones? But look, Caleb Jones comes back in the practice squad. So again, it's better to do this podcast after because all's well that ends. Well who cares?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I mean, it's it's a lot of shuffling of uh, furniture, but they all end up back kind of where... You know, it's like that thing. It's like birds settling on a wire. You know, they all eventually mm. do settle back down again. So it is one of those things you can talk about pre, you know, before all this happens, but they're back. It's fine. Do you want Do you want to talk about the D-line? Do you know? Bloody Dean
1: Lowry. <laughs> there he is again. <laughs> <laughs> i like, dependable. For God's
0: sake, that. Dean Lowry. Yeah, what, why? What's going on?
1: You're so but consistent. You, yeah, Kenny Clark... Uh, Yep. For obvious reasons, uh, Dean Lowry, yeah. Stallworth, uh, Jaron Reed, TJ Slayton. Yeah, TJ Slayton. TJ Slayton, big dude. Devonte Wyatt, yes. uh, Jonathan Ford. Jonathan Ford, Daryl, is a th- big dude, massive human. He's about he's three, about my height. £338, about my three hundred and thirty eight pounds, which is expensive. Yeah. When you look at that, that's like three hundred and seventy yeah. <laughs> USD, right? But like three hundred and thirty eight <laughs> pounds. To put it into perspective, Gilbert Ew. Brown, the Gravedigger who had his own burger with about seven patties, patties? on it. Um, patties. Not to be confused with St. Patty's Day. It's different. Oh God. Um, although St. Patty's Day probably is about burgers. Uh, he had probably a playing is. weight of 340. So this is a guy with 338. He just needs to gobble up a couple more, I don't know what, Cheetos, uh, to get himself up to 340 because he's 338. What a massive guy. And the, the surprise here was that they cut Jack Heflin, who played really yeah. well. The other surprise to me initially was when they cut Chris Slayton because I thought it was TJ Slayton and then I realised it was Chris Slayton yeah, so then the it same. actually wasn't J I did exactly
0: excited. the same thing yeah it didn't make sense I was going oh no oh no it's fine yeah.
1: I was like what happened and I was like oh no, enough. so yeah on the practice squad we see Jack Eflin coming back who was who's meant to have played fantastically well uh, the D-line Daryl it's exciting when you look at it on paper we see an awful lot of fanfares we're going to go down through the defense now about how amazing our defense is on paper so it appears daryl that they are now the number one defense in the nfl without having actually played a snap together which is quite an achievement
0: it really is but to be fair um i'm most excited look i i think all of us are scarred by how the offense was so good for so long and our defense was absolute pants now you look at this the, one of the biggest achievements that they've managed to do over the last three years, the Packers, is turn that defense into a solid unit. That before, if you were to say two years ago, oh, we've got one of the best defense, people just laugh at you and go, yeah, okay, great. Mm. You're as leaky as a sieve. But now, I'm actually most excited about the defense. Now I'm worried about the offense. That's just the way it goes. But the defense, I am, the fact they say it's the top ranked in the, I nearly, you know what, I'm going to drink that Kool-Aid. I get it, <laughs> I like it.
1: Yeah, you're sort of taking that. Fa- but look, and it does look good. And again, it's not all cut and dry because we look at Devontae no. Wyatt and he spoke about his struggles early on. But it does take time, especially at D-line to come in because, you know, you're used to going up against O-linemen who are not that great. It's the same on the O-line. You know, you're used to going up against defenders who you can handle. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen when you meet meet the pros. O- on top of that, I-, I can only imagine that. You're coming in as a rookie and you're lining up opposite, you know, uh, the, well not back to Eric because he's been injured but you're lining up against damn good O-line and, and Aaron Rodgers for God's sake yeah, so yeah, trying yeah. to get pressure there and of course you can't hit the quarterback and all that kind of stuff um, so speaking of pressure then at outside linebacker we have Preston Smith Rashan Gary Jonathan Garvin Teepa Nyaliai which is fun to say um, and Enigbare. Barre so they cut Kobe Jones and Darius Hamilton uh, but they ended up keeping Kobe Jones and Hamilton to the practice squad so yeah, again, of they cut them but they don't yeah. really cut them everything's the fine squad. yeah um, Outside linebacker, you know, it's all right. I mean, Preston Smith, young, Rashan Gary, lovely. Garvin, nalioi and An- Barry, Daryl, apparently the story behind him was and why he fell so low because he was way up there on Peters yeah, yeah. and everybody else's yeah. draft picks and it was a massive shock to see him fall. Apparently it was the combine workout, it was a bit pants. Um, so again, there's question marks around him. Uh, could yeah. be a good thing, but the, when you look at the depth there, Daryl, is not...
0: That's what I was just about to say. Of all the positions that we're going to discuss here in the defence, that's the one I don't think we have any depth in. Uh, Or, well, maybe we do, right? But they're all untested. And my worry about uh, outside linebacker, in fact, all the defence positions is you can't hit the ground running. You've got to put in your time here. You can't create one in college and just spit it out and throw it in. Um, So it's one of those things of these players need time to get up to speed. So maybe we do have depth there. But at the minute, if anything happens to Smith or Gary, I'd worry.
1: Yeah, because look, outside linebackers, you have a, like the swim move, and you've got all these moves yeah. that you can do. But then you you suddenly realize that you're being outclassed by savvy, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, offensive lineman when you get into the NFL. So look, Rashan Gary, uh, he's been unbelievable. His work rate has been uh, unmatched in the Packers for a very long time now but there was still that thing about he's still growing he's still learning all they kept asking the Smith brothers about when Zadarius wasn't um, a purple people leader was you know how's he getting on what do you think of him and yeah. we'd, we'd see him on the field but they were still going but well, what's he actually like then because you know yeah. we weren't exactly seeing it now he's a beast now uh, we know that inside linebacker Devondre Campbell success story Quay Walker uh, you know apparently a massive ceiling there but then we've Chris Barnes and Isaiah yep. McDuffie they cut Ty Summers Um, and they cut uh, Ray Wilborn. So Ty Summers was the kind of surprising one, but it wasn't too surprising when you saw that had wanted to bring in his guys, and Ty Summers was sort of surplus to requirement there, even though he was a great servant in in Green Bay. And Ray Wilborn, Daryl, not to be confused with Ray Winston, um, who's the 65-year-old actor in movies such as Scum, Face, and Sexy Beast. So we (laughs) we get that a lot, don't we?
0: Um, Of confusing...
1: (laughs) those two players again daryl inside linebacker uh to remind you hang on a minute
0: my my old my old phrase my old phrase is you are what you eat but i don't recall eating a sexy Sexy beast beast. (laughs) what a movie i mean the cover for that movie Uh, i'm kind of worried about inside linebacker i'm kind of worried about there's only four um i would have put five there but then i'm a a nervous old woman
1: would you have had ray winston there daryl do you think you think we could have helped well you see
0: Well here's But the thing is There's no point in having a guy in there If you don't think he's up to scratch either So I mean the point is I would like five But if we don't have I mean They obviously looked at it and went We don't need five here Uh, Four is fine But I'm nervous about the depth here
1: Well look The depth The depth at outside and inside Is concerning But the thing is You see that's the thing as well You talk about a Joe Barry defence And then we know That You know you're talking about the star linebacker. You need a linebacker in there to be able to make it work. Um and you look at Devondre Campbell, and he is that guy. Quay Walker can come in and also be that guy. So that's too, you know, and you look at inside linebackers then and you question and you know, two outside in, in a way if you're doing safety blitzes and everything else, is that if you're not running your base defense and you have a load of little guys in there, um yeah, you yeah. know, maybe that's okay. And you can sort of stack the box with those lads if they can if they can wrap up in the tackle. And then you look at if you're if you're looking to guard against the run and you know, you're worried about being inside linebacker there. If you look at a guy like Jonathan Ford, who's literally a yeah, manhouse and you just yeah. roll him in there, yeah, you yeah. know, and then if he excels at that, and you know, there's, there's sort of, a, there is definitely a talking point around it, but um, Devondra Campbell and Quay, Quay Walkers, you know, I don't know how much is that he's going to see in the field, what type of packages that they're going to bring him in as if they even will. Uh, but again, massively high ceiling, uh, you know, big things for him. Cornerback, Jair Alexander, amazing. Razul Douglas, nice. amazing. Eric nice. Stokes, amazing. I mean, just Getting three there. really big names there. there. Keyshawn there. Nixon, yeah, um, and Shamar John Charles. Now Keyshawn Nixon, again, another name that you'll see there. You know, there's all the stuff going on, and he's the nephew of, of rapper Snoop Dogg. Who Daryl? To me, I mean, we all know he took a talk about being cancelled. Snoop Dogg, unfortunately, took a fall from grace. When it was alleged he was smoking weed before Super Bowl, I saw that. I mean, I, I was
0: everyone. absolutely. I think everyone was shocked. I mean, no one expected that. No, no one expected so, that.
1: You know, Keyshawn hasn't got asked. There was some. Very, there
0: were some. There were some very good tweets like going. If I'd known that Snoop Dogg <laughs> likes the drug, likes the drugs, I would never. And you going, oh my god, we're all so shocked. Yeah, it's, still, it's like, still the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Amazing, only Especially, because I'm old. Only because I'm old.
1: And 50 cent upside down. I mean, it's worth you, it's, that's worth the, the couple of grand to get in to begin with. But yeah, look, you look at Keyshawn Nixon, spe- pure special teamer, really. Um, we might see him on the field. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, you never know with injuries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Rasul Douglas, are a guy who absolutely, you know, Rasul. he has his own sure. chant. And that comes out of the mouth of... Aaron Rodgers, uh, so you know Alexander Douglas and Stokes. There, like, and, and that's the thing. I guess we can probably throw in safeties here with Adrian Amos, Darnell. Yeah, I probably can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you look I think at, we those should throw them in together. You have to throw off.
0: them. But look at that five, right? So Alexander Stokes, Douglas, Amos, and Savage. That is absolute amazing on one team. Mm. I mean, yeah. absolutely amazing. Makes me feel very safe with those guys in there. You know they're gonna produce
1: but that's the point though right is that you know we were talking about D-line and like okay you know once you get past these certain players these are untested he's a big guy outside linebacker alright you could probably do but then when you add all of this together you're like okay you're getting pressure yep. up front you're getting pressure in the backfield um you know it, it should good things should happen um. And that's what I, I know I've talked about a couple of times, but KB and Enzo was released. The practice squad is now made yeah, up yeah. of Keandre Thomas yeah. and Benji Franklin. Again, a bit of an odd one, because when I saw Benji Franklin, I was like, who? Uh, but again, brought over from the from the Jags, the same as um, Rudy Fort, uh, who was signed, and apparently he's a speedster, he's a gunner. Uh, so that's why he's there. So they cut Sean Davis, uh, Innis Gaines, and Devontae Cross. Um, oh, hang on, sorry,
0: sorry, just sorry to interrupt. I just got, a, I just got a, an update, hang on. Go on. Let me just open it. Oh, guess what? What the bears? The bears yeah. suck. Oh. I just got it in. Well,
1: well there you just go. Got it and it's it, it's actually interesting to see on our fantasy group how many people when they draft bears or Vikings just the. The toting. Here's a question though, Daryl. Devonte Cross got cut. Do you think he would have been retained if he's if he's Devonte happy? No. Anyway, moving on. So we've got special teams. Yeah. <laughs> Devonte truculent. Devonte difficult to deal with. You know? Devonte nonchalant. So Mason Crosby's <laughs> in there. Uh, question marks over here. Pat O'Donnell and Jack Coco. Am I the only one who has that song? Coco Chanel playing in my head when they mentioned Jack Coco. No, just no, not
0: anymore. Not anymore. Thanks for that. <laughs>
1: But look, special teams, I know we're taking the PP here, but it's always sexy. I mean, you know, when it comes to who what good he does and who he cuts and who he brings back in again. And I think he had a policy for a while of getting guys like Jacob Shum, who, you know, was just there to sell Packers calendars, really. Um, that is true. Yeah. I didn't realize we were true. still following him from the Instagram account until he came up again. He just went out barefoot kicking balls Yeah, in the he, woods.
0: that's the thing. But he went uh, really silent. And then I went, oh, where's, oh there he is. There he is. Eh? He's still still there
1: he That's is. cool. So he's in a log cabin, probably counting his millions. But look, the fifty-three man roster, Daryl, on the practice squad, it's like any sort of decision they had to make, be it the third running back, um, you yeah. know, be it on the offensive line about who gets in the D line. Um, as well with Heflin there and there's some of the cuts that they made and you're looking at it and you're like, all right, woo, that might have been a bit dodgy. Oh, that's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Jawan Winfrey at receiver and they get uh, Samari Torrey and you're like, oh, that didn't expect that to happen. But when you see them all back in the practice squad, you're just kind of like, eh, mm. they can elevate them if they need them. It's fine.
0: But that's, that's that's the thing. Um, they use the practice squad very cleverly and it is one of those things of, oh no, you didn't make the cut. Yeah, you kind of did. You kind of did. Uh, it's, so it's, it is kind of... Um, it's kind of a non story but it is nice to see when you look at the names i just like to sit down and look at the names and i have to say i do we do like a nice stiff and we're going to see i hope that like it makes you confident looking at that defense that's all i'll say worried about the offense and how it's going to work out but i'm confident that we're not going to be leaky at the back
1: that's a lot okay that's a lot to say so yeah we're running the viagra package if you will so look yeah, um, yeah, if you would, yeah. i'm giving away a ticket to london in the Razz coming up in a, about a couple of days, uh, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, so we got some nice. new patrons, but here, look, I'll give my vision for for Patron. This is how it kind of started, right? So it began because people had asked, like, you know, is do we charge for a membership? And the answer to that has always been no. Um, and they said, oh, that's mad that you're flying around to all these meetups and all this type of stuff. But you don't have some way to try get your money back because it literally costs thousands. So then, like, literally about five, six years after Patreon became the, the thing, everyone had a Patreon. I set it up and didn't promote it. And, you know, small stuff trickling in. And then I thought, you know what? Instead of just people donating money, let's give you a bank for your book. So then I started to give away T-shirts if you signed up. And then more people started to trickle in. And I said, OK, well, the more that kind of comes in, the more I'll give it away in the sense, because it's just to keep the lights on. So what I did was, is I started to give away uh, merchandise if you signed up to the gold tier. And then more people enjoyed that. So they joined and they wanted to contribute and they wanted to be in the draw. So you get a free t-shirt after six months and you got merchandise. And I kept, initially there was only one March piece, which was like a jersey and then an old timey picture. And that's gone to four prizes a month now. So it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And what I said was the more patrons that we got, Daryl, the bigger and more expensive and more lavish the prizes are. And now it's got to the point where I'm, uh, again, with the more money that comes in is the more money that I then spend out the out the back end on the prizes. So what I've done is is now I'm guaranteeing you a prize if you're a patron member and that your, the oldest tenure gets the prize and it goes up that way. So that if you're in the draw for a while and you haven't won anything, well, then I will give you a prize, a definite prize. And then I razz off three more prizes on top of that, right? So then... What I started to be able to do was, and the dream was, is to be able to give away full-size helmets, which is exactly what I did. So I have a full-size Brett Favre helmet to give away uh, still. And I gave away an ice white Aaron Jones helmet. And some of the other prizes that were at the top of the draw were pretty expensive pieces as well. Um, so I put in an order for the latest merch and again I have two full-size helmets coming over which I will reveal when they land but they are absolutely dynamite all I'll say is this Stuart Alexander you will like this full-sized helmet and that's probably a clue for everybody else so a
0: bit, a bit of a giveaway bit, bit of,
1: of a giveaway, giveaway yeah. mate so I have a London ticket that's going to be given away the draw closes and the reason that it closes is uh, is because Patreon's billing cycle is the first of every month so if you don't sign up by the end of the month the money doesn't get taken so you can sign up now on September 4th and you don't pay anything and you don't pay anything until The first of October, so that's sort of an insight into how it works, right? So, you have that's why I always say it's not some marketing gimmick because I'm you know I'm not doing this for money. Um, so the thing is, I'm giving away that for love, it's the labor of
0: love.
1: But the thing is, like, it enables fans over here to be able to get their hands on full size helmets worth like you would your eyes would water at the prices. I'm giving away that London ticket, so we've got an influx of supporters. So, if you're one of those, what I would say is, is that you know, I've got another London ticket coming up next month. So if you don't win this month, I have another one. Now I'm giving away my tickets uh, to the game. I didn't get them from the Packers. Uh, I bought these tickets myself just to, as a disclaimer there, but I'm giving them away as the top prize in the draw. But now I think I've set my sights on an even bigger goal and something that I didn't think we'd be in the position to do. But if the Patreon support keeps coming in Dara, what I want to do is, is every year I want to give away an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field. And I haven't voiced that to anybody uh, at all, but I'm voicing it now is that that's the dream is that I'm not in the Patreon game. I I don't take any money from it personally. It all goes into Packers merch and and stuff to give away and all that kind of jazz. So if the Patreon support keeps coming, then someone on that Patreon list is going to come to Green Bay with us every single year. Um, and on top of getting your full-size helmet on top of getting your guaranteed t-shirt on top of getting your guaranteed prize if you're a patreon supporter so i do think that patreon and know i've gone on about it for a bit of a while now but i just want people to understand exactly the angle that i'm coming from so if you're a patron or you're thinking about it join to win signed march you can join to win the t-shirts and next year i hope to be in a position to be able to actually use that money and just buy someone a trip over to green bay and um, so that's where we're at um so again Follow on YouTube. Hopefully, new videos coming for the season. The podcast is back, and it's going to ramp up to two episodes a week now. Daryl, we're going to have the preview show and post review show, and sort of extra little nuggets and interviews and player interviews and stuff sort of thrown in
0: on top of that as well. So.
1: Uh, that's in Daryl's skirt uh, that's what he has to do but anyway look I've, I guess that's it Daryl is there any other business that we need to tackle before we sign off and no I think we're
0: days? going to get into it uh, next week about the Vikes uh, obviously the Vikes have a new general manager now or sorry a new a new head coach so that's going to be interesting worth discussing uh, where he came from they've only had 10 they've only had 10 uh, coaches in, in their franchise history that seems like very few
1: I thought you were going to say probably there's just, only 10 coaches probably- since Aaron Rodgers joined the NFC North.
0: Well, that probably makes sense, but the um no, they've only had ten, but they probably went through like twenty years there where they didn't have any coach because let's face it, it's the mix. <laughs> just no one. The <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to start that already. We will do that during the week.
1: We have a couple of days to uh, yeah put uh, coins in a sock and absolutely shellac uh, the Vikings (laughs) and the Vikings fans but anyway uh, coins in a sock uh, aside I've been at Steve Diddy NFL he's been at Daryl J O'Brien on Twitter follow on Instagram we've got YouTube we've got Facebook there's a private group on Facebook we've got Fantasy Leagues and the Works but anyway we'll be back in a couple of days and we'll talk to you then